Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Dangerous Rhetoric. This is episode 27. Oh my god, I think you fucked it. Did I fuck it? I think it's 28. I'm pretty sure it's 20. Is it 27? 28? No, you're right. It was 27. Oh! I'm amazing. Okay, anyway. I fucked it. Joe got to restart because you doubted him. No, it's okay. We keep it natural. We just flow. It is 27. All right, Brian. Joining us today, we have the amazing, the infamous Kaiser Lewis, co-host of the Period Pains podcast. Hey. Thank you for joining us, Lewis. I Thank love you how, for like, having me. Lewis kind of like invited himself. I like followed what? him. No, I followed him on uh, on Twitter, and he was like, "Oh, does this does this mean I'm invited?" This on is my invite, right? This is my invite. I was like, "I uh-huh. guess it is." Let's. So talk. I'll be I'll like the new happen. weekly. I'll be back every <laughs> yes. week now. I'm back every I'm week. I'm gonna replace like, Daniel. We're <laughs> replace me. We're definitely like we are certainly trying to gather those like those regulars, I guess you'd call them, like those mm-hmm. the people in our like crew or group or little community of open-minded not so normal fun people yeah well people who don't fit the mold especially i guess gay men who don't fit the mold and polo cons unite we're not even like cons i don't know Uh what the fuck we are we're we're actually pretty liberal i don't know what the hell we are anymore we're concerned about some things and liberal lives i don't know i don't whatever the point is i'm just straight up imperial now just straight up imperial (laughs) the kaiser yeah trying to gather that group of people who we can kind of regularly have on and rotate have a rotating kind of cast of interesting folks oh for sure which was always kind of the idea too when we started dangerous frederick it you know was to have regulars as well like caitlin Mm -hmm. is uh brent's uh sister she's going to be on here we have her on so once. busy and she's so busy and professional but when we planned it she was initially supposed to be more like involved well, as she like had a, more free co-host of course she, she did we were we were still trying yeah. to escape new york then. yeah things things were uh a little more uh hectic Crazy. over there but yes yeah, so we wanted to have this kind of rotating cast of different people come on so i'm sure oh, for sure. i mean if those. you ever want if you want me back if i don't scare you off immediately now so Lewis, nah, tell us where us where did you grow up? Where in the country are you now? So I'm in uh, California. Oh. I was born and raised in California. Fabulous. Tell so, me about that. It's pretty cool. You know, it's pretty out there. You know, it's real pretty. Everybody sucks, but it's pretty. <laughs> Elaborate on that. What do you mean everybody sucks? <laughs> well, did specific. you see who just got uh, voted to stay in? <laughs> Well, but did he really get voted in, though? Or did they just, you know... <laughs> you can't say these things. The thing right? they do. I gotta say the things that make the voters happy so I can get in. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure maybe there probably was a significant portion of the population that did vote for him. Yeah, I- I'm sure it was a completely safe and fair and fortified election, you know... There was no funny business whatsoever. Oh, it was no. all planned. No, no, <laughs> oh no, it was not planned. It was, it was not. Planned. It was planned to be not planned. I'm sure nothing was, was rigged. Against, nothing was rigged against Larry Elder. It was apps. totally not rigged. It was 100% legitimate, safe and effective. Safe mm-hmm. and effective. I think it's a little bit of a mix of both because I mean. He's like the last time we had a successful recall was with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and literally everybody loves Arnie. 
not many people even know who knew who Larry Elder was by the time he was running. It was after he started that a lot of people found out about him. So yeah, I just don't think he had heard of him. Well, I I don't think he had the winning team to really kick out uh, Gavin. Yeah, it's possible he could have lost naturally, but I still think that certain. fail safes were probably in place to make sure things went oh entirely you know i don't know i'm not going to you know speak any further on that because i don't want youtube to fucking kick us but youtube does not appreciate any discussion of possible illegitimacy surrounding voting uh activities yeah. Why would yeah. they when they totally <laughs> they, don't get involved with it themselves? Oh, no. no, never. 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 You're not gonna see one of those little exclamation marks under this video. <laughs> YouTube, safe and effective, man. So mm-hmm. tell us, tell us what your what, how do you align? What do you mean by imperial when you say you're imperial? How do you so I'm like that? kind of throwback to uh it's kind of in the name, like the Kaiser, a um, little bit like that early 1900s, not past 1930s Germany. You know, I'm not that bad. So not like, so a little bit of like, let me pull up. I'm going to pull up. So when you say you're an imperialist, so people can see you actually you think monarchy is the way. Is that what you're saying? Are you serious about this? In Monarchies this are different from empires. OK, this is true. This is true. This is true. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thanks for the very I first thing you grow up as my first tweet. <laughs> yeah, you like my little Kaiser Wilhelm Photoshop? Uh, so, so on your page, it says anthropologist, animator, artist. I, I'm assuming you're in school or went to school? I finished up school back in 2019. Okay. And what did you, what did you study? Uh, that was my anthropology. Okay, and you got your bachelor's in that, or uh, yes. associates, associates, bachelor's. Cool. And where did yeah, you? Study? Yes. What school? What school did you study at? But uh, I studied down in just the uh, state, uh, state at university, Sacramento. Okay. So nothing too did fancy. You, did you California. find that they were? Did you find they were particularly woke? Or <laughs> it's California. Um. So that's actually part of. Uh, I really enjoyed college because I wound up debating the majority of my classes <laughs> um, and got good grades out of it just because I was so, you know, fluid with my talking points. So I completely hit all of my professors with extremely um, different views from what their textbooks were saying. And they kind of just didn't have a way to refute it. So they sort of gave me the respect. They kind of just had to give me uh what they wanted like even in my this kid's fucking smart i don't know how to argue with him but whatever Uh like in the like a lot of our exams were written like free free write so i'd be like well in the uh textbook it says that so and so did this and they did like this was their impact but it was kind of not even the fact (laughs) but that's what the textbook says and i want the a so here you go yeah well they expect a lot of that the regurgitating of information and Mm -hmm. At least that's what it seems now. Definitely in the public school system, you know, before college, there's a lot of that. But now I was private school, so I didn't have that much. So when I got into college, I got in, I guess, right when the woke stuff was sort of like 
not, not at the forefront yet. I was in the Occupy Wall Street days. That's when I was in college. And okay. So the left wasn't 100% there yet. They were still kind of focusing on what typically the left would focus on, which would be like the class issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after I graduated, which was in 2014, I think it was 2015 was when the evergreen incident happened with Brett Weinstein. And that I think was a real, I guess, watershed moment culturally in which it became very obvious that the identity politics aspect of leftism had truly spilled over and kind of uh, taken, it had taken, I guess, the reins in a way that it hadn't before. And instead of, you know, protesting now against class disparity it became all about these uh racial differences or sexuality etc etc and all this crap with brett weinstein over freaking halloween costumes wait was that him no that was no uh, that was that was yale that was christakis yeah his incident was was because he, he wouldn't leave campus yes that was it they had that whole incident where you know they used to do this day of absent where black students would and staff would not show up to the school on purpose in a form of protest to kind of say, hey, here's what the university would be like without us, right? And then this year they decide, oh, well, we're gonna do it different this year. This year, we're gonna tell all white folks to stay home. (laughs) Tell them to stay home instead of us staying home. It's like, wait, so you're gonna, it's like this day, I guess they couldn't see that this wasn't the same thing as saying we're going to voluntarily no, stay home it's not the same as thing opposed to like all. making a whole group of people it's stay home. quite different. Quite actually. different. So he stands up against that and then all, you know, all that blew up. And then 2016, Jordan Peterson, he came into the limelight more with his incident. So like, I very much missed it. Like I just missed the woke stuff. I didn't have through my undergrad year. I graduated in 2005 from American University in Washington DC, and it was not woke at all. Like the the wokest thing that we got up to was uh, protesting for the legalization and normalization of marijuana. Oh my god, that was (gasps) that was the the radical. Yes. There was none. There was nothing like this today. Sounds it, like a lost cause that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it was it was nice. Honestly, it was great. There was no sort of like you didn't have to pay lip service to any sort of ideology in order to get by. You could debate um, things in classes. I took a, a really interesting class called Views from the Third World, which was sort of like. Uh, government policy class that was like a comparative government class from these different third world countries and all their developmental issues and where they're at with like plumbing and like uh, electricity. So it makes you really appreciate everything that you have because when you realize that there's like millions and millions of people around the world that don't have access to electricity 24 hours a day or clean Mm -hmm. running water in their house or you know the internet it's true or roads (laughs) or a vehicle get a different perspective yeah it's like oh wow those people really have a hard (laughs) yeah (laughs) you really appreciate everything it's like traveling is important too but it's it's also why reading is so important to me because it's you know it's one of those vehicles say if you can't travel where you can kind of put yourself into the shoes of the other lives and experiences of people from different cultures and say people who aren't from the west 
And, Mm -hmm. you know, you gain a perspective of, I guess, positive aspects of other cultures, but also positive aspects of your own culture and then negative aspects of yours and others and vice versa, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, Lewis, when are you getting out of California? (laughs) Everybody's really been, like, (laughs) on coals to get out. Like, we had totally, not too long ago, we had Carson leave not too long ago. Everybody's kind of just really Well, we left New York. I mean, it's crazy, man. Like, mm -hmm. I've. I've read about like migrations and stuff like this historically and, you know, in in college and stuff, but to like be living through it is insane. Like you're seeing Mm -hmm. all these people swapping around the country and you're, you're seeing very real lines being drawn right now. And just the increase in talk of, of divorce, you know, and Mm -hmm. and that, that sort of thing. I've never seen so much talk along those lines so it's concerning i don't know what you think about that you know if you're for or against or concerned with it i'm not necessarily concerned i'm kind of like excited a lot of people are leaving because it means that these expensive ass houses might finally be somewhat affordable again okay uh and i'm just gonna stick it out here as long as i can be you know the intelligence you know behind the enemy lines when everything hits enemy the feeling, line. man. <laughs> but uh no i think i could fix it like i said i'm hopefully gonna try and wiggle my way into their office and change it up you know start establishing that west coast empire yeah <laughs> that west coast empire <laughs> what are you gonna are you gonna do it through the republican party or the libertarian party how do you feel about the mises caucus uh, you know, I haven't really educated myself enough on it to really know any, have any um, uh, opinion. They're funny. So, you, should, you should look at them. They're we're, we're super I'm going to roll so. with establishing my own, you know, actually establish that imperial party. The imperial <laughs> party. party? I don't know. Uh-huh. How <laughs> it's just going to be, the, you know, the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. You know, everybody's cheering when Palpatine's there. You know, the first galactic empire, everybody's cheering. That's kind of how I see it with the governor um, elections when I get in there. So then you should be a Democrat, right? Because then you'd want to, <laughs> you'd want to have swarms of, you know, I can kind of like, like that. You know, I can have um, Biden come in. He kind of looks like that Palpatine, like really after he gets shocked with lightning. So does Fauci, man. So does Fauci. He's got a very Sith kind of look to him. Mm-hmm. That's looks like Gollum. He's like, he's like Sith Underlord. Dude, he though. looks like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Fauci's got that Gollum look. Uh, Biden's got the, um, oh, what's that one movie? It's that true story about the one dude who was abducted. It was like something under fire. Let me quickly check this. It's like, uh, fire in the Sky? Fire in the Sky. Oh, yeah. That's the Travis, one. The Travis Walton case. That's a classic. That a yeah, we're, we're very much into the paranormal shit. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a really good story. Oh, I love that shit, too. too. Paranormal yeah, is great. They, anyway. they embellished it a bit, but it's great because but because they embellished it, it really lets you get to see <clears throat> the nitty gritty and the differences between sure how yeah. Hollywood will take a story and they'll yeah. twist it. But, you, but the the amount of stuff that is true in that case, it's a lot. It's oh, for right, sure. Yeah, at least, and Travis has never switched up on his story. All these years later, he's been very consistent with about with that past lie detector tests all that i think only one of them failed it and he had a criminal record 
but for the mm-hmm. most part all all the the friends who witnessed it too they they never changed the story so it's one of the best documented abduction cases you know in which a person actually did document it was documented going missing and there was a search party and all that stuff sent out for them so it's a crazy crazy story we brent and i went to a documentary screening a couple years ago for a film about travis walton <clears throat> they talked about the oh wow too. it's just called travis right i think so it was i think it was travis like the travis walton story i don't remember but we went to it was for the philip k dick film festival and we went to that um there was a couple other notable ufo people there ufologists Mm -hmm. was there peter robbins he was there but yeah uh they did a live video chat like q a with travis because he couldn't be there but they like had him come in through video and they did a a live that was really cool that was cool yeah yeah it's called travis the true story of travis walton yes that was the film okay it's more like yeah so that's kind of it's like a documentary good, good documentary of the story instead of a you know hollywood movie version well it, it compares them too it, they're both good it's he talks about the film and he talks about the inaccuracies in the film um oh for sure yeah, yeah no the main point on. yeah the main thing i was touching on with that fire in the sky is take a like just do a quick google search of the alien from fire in the sky you can, okay. you can blow it up on here now, <laughs> since we were talking about lookalikes oh, okay all right, fire in the sky. And go to images. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> good. All right, hold on. <laughs> I forgot he looked. They looked like that. See, they gave him the small eyes, and that was one of the inaccurate things. Is... Looks a little bit like Joe Biden. Yeah, typically the the grays <laughs> the grays are typically described with the bigger eyes. But yeah, uh-huh. you know what it looks like too? A bit like Voldemort, but like with the bigger head. But just the a little no, bit. the no nose. It's just got such a just a, it, it's just a little bit of a Biden. It's, it's <laughs> a lot of bit of a Biden. A lot of it. Wait, let's let's compare. So we got to do like a, a meme now. Right, here we go. Uh, he's looking like such a potato. This fucking guy. Can we get like him smiling? Is there an image of him smiling? I wonder if you can get like a side by side. Maybe someone's already done one. Here, something like this. Let me see if I could. Uh, the, the aliens aren't smiling though. They're like really serious. No, go back. No, not the smiling one. Exit that. Go back to the the one like this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's that that kind of looks. I can see the resemblance. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Just a couple of wrinkly old dudes, you know. So I think we solved the mystery of what happened to Travis Walton. Can you see? It was Biden. Can you see both of these? Can you see the one on top? Uh huh. Yeah, I can see both. Okay. So we've solved the mystery. Everyone, you know, listening and watching. Uh, It was Biden and his crew of extraterrestrials who abducted. (laughs) Travis, Travis Walton all those years ago in the 90s. I would say that's true, but the aliens are missing one of the key factors of Joe Biden is his very overactive and very, um, you know, intimate relationship with his nose and sniffing. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> oh, yeah. One, unless that's why he's so 
And that's, that's why he's always sniffing. Because he's not used with to... With his body, yeah. his, his human body has yeah. a nose. And he yep. doesn't get to experience that when he's in his little... Figured it out, dude. We figured it out. That explains so much. He just, he can't keep that nose to himself because he's so excited about the experience of smelling. Mm-hmm. Know, he never got to experience that before. But it's Wow. Shout out to Biden. We love your cameo in the Fire in the Sky movie. Really good. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> How much longer do you think he's going to be uh, able to maintain his uh, presence in the presidency? Uh, depends on how many uh, minutes left in his little uh, clock. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like they've, since before he even got in there, they've had like a game plan. I feel like they're you juicing know? him. You think they're juicing him? I think they do need a fall guy for sure. He's definitely on something. They need to, eventually he is going to have to get out. And I think they're going to just allow him to be blamed for a lot of the bullshit happening right now. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve any of the blame. Well, he's corrupt as hell. He's corrupt as hell, but I guess my point is that like, he, he's the whole, not... The whole Burisma thing... Like, he's not with, making these decisions, is what I'm saying. You know, Well, I, now he's not. I think the only, the only decision he's made that I think he actually straight up did was the uh, spontaneous date for uh, evacuation. Nah, like even, they had their whole photo op day planned. They had everything. What was that about? about? And then he just goes, "Okay, we're leaving now. Let's go." It could what have been a blunder. Yeah. What do you I think? I think that could have been his one, his off script blunder. Uh, I think they want it. I think they want it to rearm the Taliban. I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a conspiracy theorist, but. Well, they left, they left like eighty billion dollars worth of equipment. That's a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. A lot of helicopters. A lot of tanks. A lot of, a lot of like guns. Look, I've heard so, all the stuff they could have left to me. Left it there. Started <laughs> up the empire. Like some of the arguments I've heard too is like, oh well, you know, they're not gonna be able to fly those, and then they were flying them. But also, they don't have the proper mechanics and parts apparently to, to maintain keep, to maintain some of that stuff. Which fair enough. But the the guns, the weapons, the ammo, like the guns, the weapons, you don't need much of them. You don't need a fucking manual. Whether or not they could fire them, what they would do is sell them to Russia or China. They could, yeah. Regardless, you don't just like... You don't just like leave And then Russia or China would have, you know, oh, what the US was just flying, like, you know, in this point in time, you know what I mean? You don't just leave I mean, if this was an actual planned evacuation, you would be removing all the gear that you're not using first. Then you would be removing the civilians, and yeah, then yes. at the very end, you would take the troops out. Basically. Right? Yeah. You know, clean, easy. Nobody gets hurt. Well, like, I, I'm not saying it would be like, easy. We're not tacticians. We're not politicians. We're not presidents. You know, we're just some like three guys on the internet, and we can we can draw that conclusion. Well, right? so, some might be like, "Well, then, who the hell are you guys to talk?" But I think it's. I, look, I don't think it would. I, I think I have a little bit more going on upstairs than I think the American public does. I think, but look, I think even if it was done in the proper way, there could have still been problems. And sure, people could have caught wind very early, like, oh, they're you know they're removing weapons. Oh, they're slowly getting people out. What's going on? What's going on? It's not like it, it couldn't have been noticed. And there couldn't have been like say retaliation by the Taliban or something like that. But to just like be like, all right, well, get out. <laughs> just put the order out. All right, everyone leave. 
No planning oh, at all. Don't remove any of the weapons. Like you don't get any of these Americans to leave first. Like no plan at all. Like to even help. Well, they went panic out. mode. Panic mode. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It was nuts, man. The the footage from that whole thing is really crazy. I think that's gonna go down as some of the craziest footage from this time period that we're living. It's through. probably gonna be looked back on like we looked look back on a uh, Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. For sure, for sure. What a time to be alive. What a time to be an American. It's a really weird time to be an American. I thought the timing was really interesting on the CIA guys going over there to talk to like the Taliban to have like a little friendly chat. Like 48 hours before like ISIS K yeah. detonates a bunch of suicide bombings. It's probably just a coincidence, Brent. Come on. And man. 13, 13 Americans, you know, young, young Americans are dead. And like something like a hundred and some innocent civilians. Come on, man! <laughs> it's crazy. Come on, man! Yeah, it was botched. Okay. Right. Come on, man! It's not a conspiracy. Come on. Such a conspiracy. Yeah. Right. That's <laughs> what. <laughs> no, I definitely think they had the game plan mapped out from the start. Like, it was very clear that him and Harris didn't even like each other. But he knew everybody hated Harris, and they would not want to impeach him to get her. Yeah, she <laughs> like she, she couldn't cool. even get she couldn't even get votes in the very first elections. She was an interesting yeah. pick for VP. Wasn't we did she? call it though, you and I. I remember we were like, "Watch, they're gonna they're, it's gonna be a black woman VP." We said, Brett and I were like, "Watch, it's it could, it's the most woke move they can do is to just get like a dark woman VP." And it wasn't even like spontaneous. He straight up said, I will be bringing a woman of color into the office. Right. Yeah. But uh, I I guess I was a little surprised it was her, but we sort of called it too because she just, she she kind of fit the bill as an establishment candidate. But man, she got destroyed in the primaries. uh, Tulsi Gabbard wrecked her too. And I I don't even think she ever really totally recovered from that. No, she removed her from that. She single-handedly ended her campaign. Yet somehow she ends up as VP, as the pick of the party. It's like, man, like how many dicks were sucked? Hillary Clinton was like, I want her. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's kind of like Hillary-ish. She she went, uh, well, she's still recovering from that loss in the primary. She laughs every moment she can with that nervous cackle. She's so nervous every time she talks and laughs. It feels sort of like feigned, too. Like each one is mm-hmm. like so fake. It's always at the least like appropriate time. Yeah. She'll be talking about like lives lost and then start laughing. Hmm, Brent, it's almost like she doesn't understand. Like she doesn't quite normal get human emotion the and social response. Wow, maybe How it's supposed to feel. Maybe she too is one of these fire in the sky Biden aliens. Or it's just psychopathy. Well, or maybe, it's maybe, the same thing. maybe it's the same thing. Maybe, maybe. Angel. Maybe all psychopaths are just aliens. Or it's just they don't understand human. Or like their avatars. It's that movie alien. They Live, you know, with the little glasses that show you Love it. that there's aliens. I gotta watch that later. That's such a great film. I gotta rewatch it. Oh, They Live? That's yeah, classic. That's a classic. Uh-huh. I think every like truth seeker or conspiracy theorist person knows that fucking film or should know that film. it's very culty uh speaking of culty television have you seen this series utopia on amazon prime have you i haven't it? it's on my watch list <laughs> it's, How so, is it? 
It's hilarious. So good they canceled it after so one season. So good they canceled it. Because it was uh, wow. a little it was scary. Too people. on the nose. <laughs> too on the nose. So on the nose. There's like this okay. one scene where these guys who work for this like evil pharmaceutical company that's engineering a fake a plague so that they can use vaccines in order to push this like new plague. So there's this one scene where these guys like they're trying to track down this comic book called Utopia because it has the secret plans sort of encoded into the storyline of the comic book. And if you like have the comic book, you can sort of know the secret plan of the evil pharmaceutical company. And that's why everybody's trying to get this comic book. Well, because the world's about to end. Too. Right. So yeah. whatever. Um, oh, like Logan. Yeah, totally. So they 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 are trying to get this comic book, and uh, there's just crazy amounts of d different like patterns between like the way that it's going. The guy that plays the main bad guy is kind of like a Bill Gates esque character, and there's one scene where they like give these kids like a heroin overdose, and he plays it off like it was going to be a shot. So it's just like there's so many weird, disturbing things in it that they got pulled. And apparently it was based on a British show uh, that came before that one. And there's two seasons yeah. of that also on Amazon. We didn't watch that one yet. So it was just it. two on the nose. So did it come out recently? No, it, it came was, out in 2020, didn't it? Yeah, well, it was 20, it was on, I think, it, again, they adapted the British show. But um, they, didn't it come out during the lockdown? Well, no, not really. I think so. Yeah, it was. It became available sort of like at the beginning of it. But again, it's an it's a much older story, and they've been planning. Yeah, for a while. I mean, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying timing wise, I think, timing wise, I think it came out during the lockdown, so a lot of people were home watching, and, and they Amazon. watched it. Right, they're like they're this home, is literally outdoors yeah. right now. Yeah. But dude, like they actually they had to have a warning at the beginning of like the episode. I don't know if it was episode one, but definitely by episode two, there was like it a was warning, funny. like oh, you know, this is a fictional story. Um, Please do not take this as gospel. Well, yeah, no, no, you know. There are no events in this that are based upon any real <laughs> pandemic or anything like that. And it's just, <laughs> you're like, it's so uh... crazy. You're like, wow, this is like art mirroring life and life mirroring art. Because like you said, there's the comic in, in the show, right? The show itself is sort of like the comic, but in right in real life while we're actually going through something yep. similar to what is being described in the show yeah it's yeah. very like never-ending story meta yeah it's it's trippy i can see why the other one that came out this one came out a little bit later in the pandemic like summertime was that james cameron movie oh i haven't seen that yet but i've downloaded it it's, it's called, uh what's it called songbird or something songbird yeah songbird? It's like where it's like COVID. Or it's literally a COVID outbreak. Oh, like yeah. through the name COVID outbreak. And they're like so breaking silly. down doors and yeah, stay in your house or be executed. It was out of that it was cute, wild. Like cute boy in it. What's his name? Um, KJ Appa. You love KJ. Oh, oh he's, he's a slice. He's okay. <laughs> Yeah, he's cute. Whatever. He's a slice. He's got he's got a nice. He's gifted by God with good genes. You know, he's a slice. Didn't you think his orange hair was real for a while? I did. I did. I'm like, dude, that's not real. That's for the character. He's like Aussie or something. I think he's from Down Under. Down Under. Yeah. I think down he's, Under. He's down under. You it. just want him down under. Oh, maybe a little shit. bit. You know, whatever. 
sweating them a little bit. Can't help it. They're, they're pretty. What you gonna do? Yeah. So, are you excited to see what other movies are you excited to see coming up? I'm happy for that new Halloween. You know. Yeah, Mike Carlo was talking about that. Well, I think yeah, Halloween I is a good one. They, I feel like they make that movie like every two years. <laughs> yeah, didn't Rob Zombie do the last one? Somebody did the last one. Yeah, it's also good. And I, I have mixed feelings about the Rob Zombie ones, but they did that whole reboot. Oh, that reboot! Yeah. Gotcha. That one was really good. It, it was just the first movie and yeah. then this. But that that I kind of liked. The only thing I didn't like and that I wish that they had done different was that they made it continue after Halloween two instead of Oh, okay. Instead of just the first. Yeah, and it's because I liked Halloween two. I thought Halloween two was a really solid film and it, it follows directly, you know, from the first one. Like it literally continues from that same night. Right. And I thought it was an exciting one. It takes place in the hospital. Like that was an awesome film. They should have did it like where it continues after that. I didn't like that they erased the second one from canon. Like you can erase all the other ones, but why part two? Like part two. All the stuff where it all the extra movies where they're like they're related yeah i mean they could have you can get rid of that stuff they could have i just but i thought that second halloween 2 is a good movie movie. halloween 2 was solid it's an awesome film like i grew up watching those first two especially Mm -hmm. all of them really i grew up watching that stuff i'm not even that big of a horror fan to be honest like Mm -hmm. i'm more into like fantasy science fiction how do you feel about this morbius movie coming out looks kind of dope morbius looks all right i haven't heard anything recently about it when does it come out now it's saying expected january 28th 2022 oh, okay yeah because it's supposed to come out this year one trailer yeah. for it and then it just went radio silent jared leto jared leto yeah i like I, i'm excited Let's the see. next venom looks like it might be pretty cool but there be carnage yeah and no but this is the second time that it's just gonna be a venom clone fighting venom it's true. We kind of liked the first one. I thought it was pretty good, actually. I thought it was all right. I thought it was. Uh, it had good comedy to we'll it. See. We'll see what they can do if they can if they can keep the magic and keep it interesting for we a did, second. We one. didn't see. Black I'm still Widow gonna go actually. see it. So I don't really care. Did you see Black Widow? I don't really give it. I don't. I'll watch it. I though. liked it. I liked Black I Widow. Haven't seen it yet. We got. Yeah, I thought it was fun. really good. Yeah. I thought it was fun. I'm just like Marvel movies. But see, the thing with Marvel so, movies so, is like, I'm so like done with Marvel they're just, movies. They're supposed to be, like you said, fun. I think that's like they when I look them. at those films, I'm not looking for anything deep. I'm not looking for something like super deeps or anything. Like I'm just looking for a fun time. And I said the same yeah. thing. Like after Endgame, I was like, okay, I'm over it. It's done. I have and then they're favorite. like, guess what? Here comes the next one. I'm like, oh fuck, no! Of I guess you're see gonna it. watch it, you know. And even like, if I just lasts, saw the other but... one, the Shang Chi. Is that good? Shang-Chi was really good. Like, yeah. I guess a little bit just because I'm yeah. anthropologist, so I like a lot of old culture. Yeah. But, like, they nailed ancient Chinese culture, like, to the T. It was really nice to just see, like, a properly visualized, not, like, super lefty woke. I gotta just... check it out. I, I definitely have my favorites with the Marvel movies that I think are just solid films, like, on their own. You know, just like the first I, Iron Man. I, the first Iron Man's classic. I mean, that's what launched it all. It's a good film. Um, I I love Black, personally. I love Black Panther. I thought it was. Black Panther awesome. was good. You know, I just it saw it recently. On, it touches on so many things, man. Like politically too. When you when you analyze it, you're like, whoa. What kind no, it of, tackles, Wakanda like, kind of like stuff. 
Wakanda's kind of like the more like conservative, like closed borders, you know, sort of culture. And then you have the other guy who's more like the left and he's like, you know, we need to get him. And he was the bad guy. Well, not just, but they made you sympathize with him and understand. He was sympathize. You like, you can sympathize with him, but like they made it very clear that his extremist idea was too extreme. But they also, in the end, he changes, Black Panther changes, and he, you know, they become a little less reserved. And they're like, okay, Mm -hmm. we'll extend a bit of help out and we won't be so closed off in our borders. And I think the whole lesson with the film is to find that balance. Middle ground. Between the two, right? Whereas the the extreme of one is like, all right, Wakanda's like totally closed borders, we stay out of all things. We don't involve ourselves at all. No one comes into our culture. We don't want like to blend any other thing with our culture, right? And then the other side of it is like, oh well, blame the white people and the imperialists, <laughs> arms and, 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 and the colonialists, uh-huh. and, advanced technology. And we need to not only involve ourselves in what's going on in the world, but we, we need, need to, to conquer it all. subjugate them and get revenge for how we were subjugated and treated historically. So it's like you kind of see those those two. You see all sides of the story, yeah. really. And I thought, you know, just from a writing perspective, it was really well done because they do make you sympathize with the villain. But again, they also make it very obvious he's the villain and Joker's the same. And what way. makes them what makes them the villain, Daniel? Well, I think it's it's wanting to impose his will upon other people and willing to use violence, yeah. violence to impose his his views to yeah. to change the world by force when it's like you know not just through the force of ideas but through physical actual. Yeah, this force. is one of the key things about the 21st century and the culture of humanity that we 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 sort of like have collectively agreed that using violence against other people to get what we want is wrong. It's yeah. like it's like a big like aha, like imagine that. Like it's it was a, a great idea, especially in the West. It's not popular and it's not something universal either and it's not very common outside of the West too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Joker. China. I mean, China has a population of a billion people, and so, they have no problem. I violence. wanted to bring up Joker because it's kind of similar thematically to some of the things you see in Black Panther, except it would be like if if uh, what's his name, a Killmonger. Killmonger. Killmonger succeeded. If he and if he were the main character, you know, and you kind of focused on him, but similar thing. You look at Joker, and you're like, all right, you know, here's someone who's beat down you by mean, the system. You mean Jacqueline, the Jacqueline Phoenix. One? Yes, the recent, just Joker. Yeah. There's someone beat down by the system. He has mental illness. You know, the it, it really paints the rich in not a favorable light, right? It shows them as this sort of upper echelon who don't give two shits about the people below them, right? And what's happening with them. And it shows you what Peterson talks about when he talks about, like, hierarchies becoming unstable, right? So mm-hmm. what you get is you have a hierarchy. They show you that in the movie. But you're seeing the hierarchy become unstable, and when that happens, the have-nots will eventually get together. They'll rise up. They'll get tired of your shit. And then you get a Joker-type character who lights the fuse. They light the fuse. And in the end, what do you get? You don't get, like, change or, like, improvement. You get a pit of chaos. A pit of chaos opens up at the end of the film. Uh-huh. And, and they kind of worship him and they put him on a pedestal. And we sympathize with him, too, as the viewer. We're like, oh, I understand why he feels this way or why he did that or why he felt slighted by society but we also need to remember by the end of it like this guy's the villain he's supposed to be the bad guy so what is it saying it's saying like yes the rich can be corrupt and evil and look what they did you know look how they treated joker and then his his kind right but at the same time it shows if you just like 
try to tear the whole system down with no plan, just anarchy, and you get a pit of chaos. You know, there is no change or anything. You just get burnt police cars and, and shit smashed and broken and violence, mm. death, violence and death. And <laughs> in the end, Joker ends up in the loony bin. And it's like, what change was made, really? He just, what did he do? He created Batman. That's what he did. Mm-hmm. And in response, you get, you get Batman. And what is that? Yeah. You know, the Joker movie, but it's 1933's Germany. Yeah. But it's just interesting because it's like by the end of the film, I'm like, well, this didn't feel like a film that really condemned one side more than the other or like supported one side more than the other. And I find that funny because I feel like a lot of like radical lefties will look at Joker and sympathize with him. And they're like, yes, you know, fight. You see that a lot with the radical like right guys, too. Yeah. A lot of that anarchy. Yeah. And it's just like mostly just Reddit people. It's like we love it. Yeah, like, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of mental illness <laughs> yeah. on the fringes. This sure. is and people, people totally forget sure. and dismiss and ignore that aspect of it because there are a lot of you know like the very small percentage of the population has like schizoidal tendencies. They're very paranoid. They're easily triggered and emotionally disturbed. You know they have and and. For them, like it's very easy for them to be on one extreme or the other because that's where they sort of find home. That's like where they're comfortable, right? So, and we forget that. And and the, you know the FBI doesn't allow for that. Like the FBI will totally abuse somebody who has mental illness and totally violate their rights and entrap mm-hmm. them and blackmail them and pretend to be on their side. And, and this is something that they do regularly. That never happens, Brent. That yeah. sounds conspiratorial. That's very extremely conspiratorial. Conspiratorial, but it happens. You can read about it, darling. It does. Um, so, yeah. And the I United guess- States doesn't do anything bad to get its way. Ever. Guantanamo Bay was a fun summer home where they got to go waterboarding on the ocean. It was great. They had a great time. They didn't mistreat those prisoners at all for no reason. Oh, I guess it's a waterboarding. They're out there, you know, surfing it up. Okay. So um, I wanted I to I wanted to pivot back. Well, you yeah, want to pivot we, we, we can talk more about Marvel, I guess, but I don't I don't want to like waste the whole show just talking about movies. Well, we've only been talking, it's only been like an hour. Yeah, but I'm just like, hey, I don't want to like dive too deep into like movies and Marvel, especially. Okay. Wait, they're making I'll just another return another day for uh, you know, they're movie day. Another, they're making another Dungeons and Dragons movie. They made one before? No, they're it's in post production right now with okay. Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez. Jesus Christ, you're such a joke. We're asking about movies I was excited for, and the one that I'm really excited for, if I can ever get to see it, if it ever comes out, is the new Top Gun. Oh, really? You want to see the new Top Gun? I want to see the new Top Gun. I don't know. I'm just like... That's one thing that's not on my bio, but like I'm a huge aviation guy. Uh, well, that I love be... planes. I love everything. I want... I'm going to be going into school for flying, so. Yeah, nice. Brant was just talking about that recently. I'm like, uh, makes me nervous. <laughs> I might get my, uh, my, my small aircraft license oh my god oh i'm going all the way to turbine i want to own a jet <laughs> damn yes yeah, i was just young. talking you to my boyfriend i said i was like we need land so i could build a hangar in the backyard and yes hangar and runway 
I want to do like some aerobatics, you know? I totally approve. Oh my god, you guys are crazy. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, hey man, you want? You just to- need a two seater so you could take him with. <laughs> well, do some rolls and like uh, some flips. Well, you got to demonstrate you're not going to die first, and then you'll. Oh, Dune. I just saw Dune up there. That one I'm excited for. So just fly really safe when he's watching, and then when he gets in the plane, you're like, okay, buckle up. Well, when we start getting spaceships like in Dune and that sort of thing, then then we'll start flying. Fuck it. I mean, it is exciting. I'm, I'm excited for Dune. That's going to be pretty cool. And it looks like they might not screw it up. So they might not. It was, for some reason, it was released way early in Europe. <laughs> so he got to see it like two weeks ago in Germany, and he said it was mm. amazing cool yeah it looks good i mean i'm I'm very excited for dune i hope they don't mess it up please don't mess it up because i love i'm sure it'll be fine but anyway i'm gonna pivot pivot back to anthropology for sure because i am also someone who is interested in anthropology and i took i didn't i didn't major in it i could have minored in it probably but i took so many scattered electives that i didn't even minor in anything particular when i went to mm. cool. i didn't minor in anything i yeah. was starting as a engineer and i just couldn't do the math that's me based that would be me literally. so yeah. i was yeah. like well what did i really enjoy you know i did all these electives because i got all my general education out of the way yeah. while i was doing my engineering so then i was like so what did i really enjoy with all my general ed I was like, you know, I really like the anthropology. I aced uh, I every class a bunch, there. A bunch, of, a couple electives, quite a few anthropology electives. I'm trying to think of some of the ones off the top of my head. Um, like I did intro to archaeology. That was a fascinating class. Mm-hmm. Um, loved Dr. Conyers. He was a great professor at Kane. And I also, I took him three times. I took him for ancient Egyptian culture. And I even took an ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs class, which was Man, I loved it because I'm into that stuff, but it was difficult. That was one of the hardest classes I, I took, actually. That sounds difficult. It one was my, crazy. One of my favorites was probably my witchcraft and oh, like God, paranormal that. stuff. Ah. That was the entire course for anthropology. That was just nice. purely ghosts um, in different cultures. We're very... Brent and, I, Brent and I are so into that stuff. We actually we want to talk more about that stuff on the show with you should we have a some book, like investigators you know, we, we've read a few uh, quite a few things in it and we have quite a few things about that stuff in our library we just we need to find the right people to like chat with about. do you have any fun ghost stories um i've done some i've done some light psychopompery here and there okay. it's where like you escort the dead from like confused i don't know what the fuck i'm in some weird space to that the light that class though sounds interesting i would like a class like that mm-hmm. I took a, a history elective, which was history of alchemy. Um, oh, that's it, cool. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't anthropology, but there was a lot in the class that was very anthropological. So it could have fit, I think, either way. Yeah, but my taboos class was amazing. I took this class on taboos, and it was like we had an entire menstruation unit that made me very <laughs> uncomfortable. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of like different taboos from different cultures and how they compared and a lot of it was from you know of course it's from a western perspective but in a lot of different you know non-western cultures they have you know what what they consider normal would be considered taboo in our culture and vice versa yeah but anthropology was something that i actually did i considered for a while as a major but i didn't i ended up sticking to english and writing was my main thing 
But like I said, I took quite a few electives in it. I thought about even switching to it for a while mm-hmm. when I was in school, but I didn't end up doing that. But I did a lot of reading in that area just on my own because I, I've, I've always been interested in oh, cultures, uh, particularly comparative religion, I would say is one of the more, I guess it's probably a, in a, a branch in a sense of anthropology is mm-hmm. my favorite part and archaeology, of course, I like you know, the whole systemized way of gathering data on really ancient societies. And that was one of the most interesting things too I learned in college. There's a whole system to it. And and they had to develop this stuff too through like trial and error. Like archaeologists legit used to like go into places and just put some dynamite and be like, all right, and just blow these tombs open and shit. You know, no system. Mm-hmm. Like, think about that like think about all the data and stuff that was being lost yeah well because do do? because they didn't come up with a way of People recording these things but it, it's also it's something you don't really think about unless you like really study into the subject a bit mm-hmm. just how this came about where we even have a systematic way of investigating the past in that way right and because oh yeah and all these mistakes were made along the way and i think that's why you know it came about but man, it is crazy. We lost some. Definitely graduated as more of a traditional anthropologist. You know, a lot of what they try and teach us now is like, you know, there is no primitive culture. There's nothing like that. I'm like, no, there's primitive people. They they fucking eating with sticks and yeah. campfire. I'm yeah, like, it's it's the woke stuff, man. It's like, oh, it's all equal. All cultures are equal. It's like, no, all cultures are fascinating. Mm-hmm. That does not mean they are all equal or the same. You know. I'm going, this guy is digging up bugs from a tree <laughs> and he's grilling them over a campfire on a stick. Ew. He doesn't have a grill. <laughs> he's living in a little teepee, you know, a little straw hut. Uh, he's not anywhere near where we are talking over a computer thousands of miles away. He's nowhere close to that. I think all cultures have something to offer. You know, I think something. Oh, for sure. I'm sure he's got a great cookbook on how to grill uh, beetles. A great beetle cookbook. Love it. Uh, it. I don't know. There's, it's this whole thing where there's like, oh, there's indigenous knowledge and indigenous ways of understanding and this and that. It's like everyone just wants to be special. That's what I. That's what I feel like is happening here. Like everyone just wants to be special. Well, and but see, they also they they right there. You're sort of they're obscuring the actual what they're what they're talking about like when you say an indigenous way of knowing yeah. that's like cultural knowledge passed down yeah. you know verbally you know through a specific culture and a yeah but they're location. applying shit like this to math now yeah that's but so you I can't mean. do that that's, that's what, what i mean that's where like, you that's where it becomes not what it is like, yeah and they, they extrapolate it into you know like you can you know you can do whatever you want and it's like no that's not you're crazy yeah or all cultures the speaking, when it's convenient right? like all cultures right yeah the but then and this is what we're kind of seeing with like the democrats for example and that whole there's this whole sort of authoritarian fundamentalism that's kind of like fomenting and growing and taking over is that we see this sort of like like warping of definitions and 
and and and perspectives when it's their side versus you know how the when it's the other side it's like you know the the end of the world like you can see that for example like in the riots like when you had the George Floyd riots those riots were holy they were you know sacrosanct they were you know the 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 frustrations of the people boiling over righteously and when you had you know one six for example and you had those people expressing their frustrations you know and not just like you know destroying their entire neighborhood or attacking small businesses that had absolutely nothing to do with the shenanigans no like they were going to the government and they were expressing and for a lot, like most people like 99.99 percent of the people there they you know were peaceful totally yeah. nonviolent. you know the vast majority there were like hundreds of thousands of people there most of them were very chill and just wanted to protest probably near a million it was a lot it was a lot of people and you know somebody got you know they they went around the crowd and they got people riled up and then they went and then they did you know things that they should not have look uh on that but just the the difference is you know look how they look how the media played those two different stories that was what i was going to touch on was this phrase i keep hearing and you know they they say the voice of the unheard i think it comes from the Mm -hmm. month the king quote you know rioting is the voice of the unheard and what's interesting is like king wasn't really condoning rioting when he was saying that that wasn't necessarily what he was saying he was trying to contextualize it right and i think that is important i think you know when when people express themselves in that sort of way we do need to step back and contextualize and kind of ask the question as to why why do people feel this way why are they frustrated is it the media you know rallying them up is it this is it that how many factors are involved here but when you have the double standard that when one group politically does it it's the voice of the unheard or like brent said it's it's righteous and their cause is like ha you know it's more important than COVID spreading so it's allowed and we we enforce it and then when the other side the other one is a attempted insurrection it's attempted insurrection it's not the voice of (laughs) the unheard meanwhile you have literal insurrections happening (laughs) but this is the thing and it's like love them or hate them if you went to that event and you talked to trump supporters you would get the feeling that here's a group of people who who don't feel like they're being hurt, that the media, for the most part, is against them, is painting them all in this particular light, that they're all this, racist, bigots, whatever, they're all that. And the media is ignoring any evidence that was coming up that there was some foul play with the election. They, they felt generally frustrated and unheard. So from my perspective, as someone who witnessed it and talked to these people, you know, who were marching and all that stuff, that that was the impression I got was like, all right, here is a gathering of people who feel their voices are being ignored. They're not being heard. A lot of them are being censored or shadow banned on social media. They feel frustrated. So I'm like, you can make the same argument about those Trump supporters that you're making about BLM and people who are, you know, smashing the windows of this place because they're mad. And then you make all these excuses that, you know, 10, 12 people just ran out of that store with, you know, boxes of Nikes and, and some other shit. And you'll make all types of excuses for that. And you'll say, oh, well, it's the voice of the unheard. It's, it is what it is. 
But it's an no, ass- they don't even do that. They're like, it was the Proud Boys who yeah. smashed the window. Yes, and it's just like, uh, and I'm not saying either that there's no like provocateurs and that that doesn't mm-hmm. happen on each side because I think I mean was- we said that for the same thing on the January sixth. We're like Antifa yeah. did the climbing. Yeah. yeah, I think most of it is opportunists and in situations mm-hmm. like the rioting and the looting is like you have people who really don't care about any political cause at all. They just they see a chaotic. They're just like ooh. Yeah. police are demoralized they realize that they're stepping down and they're not really enforcing things as much so you have this this whole sort of like free wild wild west type environment that played out last mm-hmm. summer and that was why we saw so much of it but also in combination with that you had the the normalizing of masking and that's also one of the reasons so many people i think felt ballsy enough to do that to break into stores to steal stuff and all that because well, they were being oh, framed well, as heroes well, everyone also had a mask on it was just easy it wasn't something you questioned right in, in our old normal you know if, if a whole group of people show up with a bunch of masks on and they start breaking into the store we would find that suspicious right and we would try to identify them all and mm-hmm. in, in a world where we make it normal now for people to cover their faces what you're shocked that in a world where now that's normal and you also like demoralize police enforcement you're finding an increase in crime oh my god what a shock mm-hmm. who could have well, saw that coming the biggest thing i noticed at least with that was news coverage didn't show the st- houses or the stores getting broken into at least on that side yeah. they would show the people marching they would sh- they would yeah. move the camera away when they saw someone breaking a window they like didn't they do that totally good. That's where the mostly peaceful meme came from. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The, the, dude fiery, with the, uh, the, the dude with the microphone the, and yeah. his entire background was glowing orange because of the fires. I think it was the police uh, station that was that was the headquarters that was on fire behind him, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And he's Something like, yeah, like you know, that. a fiery but mostly peaceful protest. Yes. So when you see things like that, like there's definitely like a red pills people, I think. And it gets them to begin to understand that so much of the narrative put before us really is constructed. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's opportunity. Like George Floyd happened, and I think the, the media and the elite establishment saw an opportunity. They're like, hey, here's a perfect way we can distract from the fact that the narrative started to kind of crumble about how deadly the virus was, right? Mm-hmm. Lockdowns, people started to begin protesting that already within a few months people were already protesting it so they're like all right well let's distract from that with this and as soon as that happened bam it immediately politicized the protests about lockdowns those were no longer okay that made you a racist trump supporter grandma killer. Mm-hmm. but these ones are fine these ones are fine these are okay you could go do that you know murphy was out there in new jersey walking hand in hand with his mask on but not distanced from these people meanwhile mm-hmm. the businesses were shot and they weren't allowed to to make a fucking living for their family it's like the whole thing was politicized from the start it was a game and we never said that we think the virus is fake just for the record brand i never said that anywhere i never said that either yeah but we've been accused of that by people we've never said that you know obviously sicknesses happen respiratory viruses are real flu mm-hmm. seasons happen people do die every year quite a bit of them and china's a shady bitch yeah and china's a shady bitch so it's just we're not saying that but we think that it was seen as convenient as an opportunity and that it was used as such maybe it's deeper than that maybe it was planned more than that maybe it wasn't Maybe it was released on purpose. Maybe it wasn't. I don't. I don't really know. 
Mm-hmm. There's so much shady and suspicious about all the things that have happened over the last 19 months, you know, and I'm sure in that regard, you, you agree, but I don't know where, where do you think this shit is heading, man? Like, where do you think we're going with all this? With like lockdowns and everything? The lockdowns, the, the mandates, we didn't really touch on that yet. You didn't touch on mandates yeah. yet. Um, I'm just, uh, my thought process, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be right about it, is just get ready for four years of it, wait for him to get out of office. I think they're going to milk this puppy as long as they can. I agree. I agree. I think they're having way too much of a power trip, and it's convenient. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to they're gonna try to do it anytime they can now. <laughs> just wait till they release COVID-22. Yeah, they're going to oh, we need more lockdowns, guys. Come you on, think, do you, it. you don't think Fauci's got something a little more potent up his sleeve? Maybe. I don't even Come know. On. Everyone, Come on. I don't want to be that conspiracy yeah. guy here, but oh, I, would I be think that. they're dropping yeah. you know, booster after booster. Get you used to putting these in, and then the okay. very last one is just anthrax. Just, a they just call it the final booster, and then everyone drops dead, and boom. And then they blame it on, you know, a new strain or a new virus. Or us, the unvaxxed. It's like, oh, the unvaccinated have allowed it to mutate again. I don't want to be that, yeah, like I said, I don't want to be that conspiracy guy. But right when the booster came out, India kind of died. Yep. Be that guy, man. Be Be that that conspiracy Oh, I'm I'm being that guy with a little bit of a cushion. (laughs) I said I don't want to. He's making sure we don't get our channel banned. Yeah. Uh I'm trying to protect you guys. Oh, you so sweet. Hey, we're just asking questions, YouTube, you know, but I guess we're not allowed to do that, right? Nicki Minaj, she's not allowed to do that either. Like... I love that shit was funny. That shit was, was too funny. funny that was it? the plot twist I did not see coming. <sighs> I did Nicki not. Minaj, Red yes, <laughs> I did not see that one coming. I was like, wow, that one, that one came out of left field. That yeah. was not on my bingo scratch card. But you know, shit, go, go, Nikki, man. Like, I'm not a fan of her music. I can't say that I am. Although I do think. I said this, I think, on Mike's Harlow show. I think she's a good rapper. Like, her flow is good. Her style is interesting. She's talented. She's I just talented. don't enjoy her music that much. Yeah, she does the weird character voices and shit like that. And, like, I, I could respect the creativity of what she does. I just never really have listened to it. I, I listen to some hip-hop just not that much. Uh-huh. So I respect it is what it is. But, man, like, I will take any ally I can get in this fight right now when it comes to these fucking shots. And it's like my real question is, did she discourage more people or did she encourage the small ball gang to go get shots? I don't know, man. That's a good question. I don't know. All I know is that it was a really important lesson, I think, for certain people that look, they they will come after anyone anybody even their establishment crony people who are normally like rolling with them at the met gala and hanging out with all these big people even they will get to a point eventually some of them where they'll cannibalize anyone they need to yeah they'll turn against them you know and it's like like i give it i give her credit for standing up and speaking her mind and and not just that, for standing her ground after speaking her mind and having people try to silence her and shut her up and tell her she's crazy and all this stuff. And she's like, y'all are, you know, she's, she criticized BLM too. She was like, if Malcolm X were alive today, y'all would have been telling him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and I'm like, it's true. It's like the, mm-hmm. these, these people are so fragile where it's like, they can't even, they can't handle even one of their own like lefty idols and shit. 
Oh, yeah. Diverting at all in any way from the official establishment narrative. And it's like, y'all are the same people who are just saying, like, don't trust this racist system. And now that that system. But now trust the system. Now trust the system. system. All of a sudden. (laughs) Now don't. Now do. Now don't. Now do. I mean, look, I'm pretty sure most of us can kind of experience that whole getting ditched for one stray opinion thing right away. Being Mm -hmm. with, uh, like, being gay. Like, I was dropped hotter than a fucking hot potato. Yeah. I wasn't even welcome in my school's uh, pride center, like, after one thing. (laughs) Or being gay. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... Wow, I had a better time in the early 2000s. I wasn't out in high school, so... (laughs) In Pennsylvania. I didn't start coming out until... You know what? In the early 2000s, you guys had queer as folk. Everybody loved the gays. And you, know, you, I, you probably were there with your frosted tips, just I, rocking yeah, it out. Frosted tips. Not that many people were out, man. Like when I was in high school, like maybe a couple I knew. You just it's didn't just... know how to look. They had their little like clamshell or whatever the little shell necklaces. <laughs> you know the short shorts. Yes. But my it, car it really looks. wasn't as common. It really wasn't as common when I was still in school. It, things are so different now, you know. Just mm-hmm. so different. What are you gonna do when it's, it comes to that? Yeah, I grew up in that. I grew yes. up in a good age where that's accepted, but also it's so accepted that even the people that usually they say are against it, they all love me because of my my uh, opinions. Yeah, well, that's another thing that we can touch on here too. Is like it's interesting, you know, you talk about being gay and your experience there, kind of being ostracized in a certain way when you when you were when you were coming out. But now politically, it's like there's so much of the quote unquote gay community that people like us also don't fit into. And we've been very much, I would say, ostracized from mm-hmm. from them as well. And it's like, where the fuck do people like us fit in at all? Like we we don't totally fit into like the conservative camp, but we also obviously don't fit into to the woke alphabet people. Mm-hmm. And I think we kind of set up our own little community right here. Yes, it's like I've always like so I've described it this way online a few times. Like every Pride Month, I say this to kind of reemphasize it, but it's like I'm not like proud of being gay, so I don't wave rainbows and do all that shit. Like whatever you want to do it, do your thing. But I'm also I'm not ashamed of it, and I think that's where we are. We're kind of these people who don't feel the need to signal. But we also don't feel the need to hide it either. It's something we're neither. It's just it is. It's what we are, and it is what it is. And we don't want it. We don't want special treatment. We don't want anything like that. We don't want to be treated like we're glass or fragile. We just want to be treated normal. And but I think we also were people who think others have a right to still not like us if they don't want to. Mm-hmm. That's where I fall, you know? They I mean, even to... if I wasn't gay, I support everyone's right to like or not like it's... me. Yes. And that's that's kind of, I think, makes us stand apart, especially, too, from the whole woke side of the LGBT crowd, where they, they want people to conform to how they view themselves at mm-hmm. all times. Like the with, only time I want special treatment is when there's a job interview. <laughs> <laughs> For real, man. For real. That'll be the day I walk in with the little, yeah. hey, here's my little pride flag and but, everything. But like a politi- little pin. <laughs> politically, you know, I guess where you're from, are there other LGBT, whatever, 
I hate the fucking term. People like you, you know, politically. Like conservatives? Yeah, who are more conservative. Well, not conservative specifically, but like. Libertarian, conservative, whatever, who don't fit into the the establishment idea of how minorities like us are supposed to think, right? So I think I might be like a bit of the black sheep when it comes to this, but like, because a lot of my friends who are also in California, um, granted, most of them were down south and everything, but um like with them like dating was really hard because every time they found someone they would just be off the hook lefty the past six people in a row that i've met were all conservative interesting like completely i don't know how it happened but like now i'm happy where i am with who i'm with but um no it's like over and over it's like okay well that one didn't work they just weren't the right person back to square one i find someone and then, like, immediately we're like, oh, you're conservative. <laughs> How convenient. Like so it, am I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least it's the you're conservative, but not in, like, the, you're conservative. Like, uh-huh. like you're yeah. gross. Like, well. Each time it was, like, same ideals, perfectly aligned. So, at least in my case, I haven't had a hard time meeting other people like that. Okay. Well, that's good. I know plenty of people who have had that problem. Yeah, well, Mike, Mike Carlo, we love you, Mikey. (laughs) Definitely had that problem in the dating world. But hey, he gets good stories out of it. So there's that. That's true. You know, he'll probably he'll probably fix it once he's out of New York. Yeah, did he leave already? I think I saw that he was I think he's supposed to leave soon. He said within the next couple weeks. The preliminary, I think he's going for the preliminary visit and they're going to look for exciting, you know, places and I guess. I'm so excited. I love Toad. I love Mike. I can't wait to go visit them when they're all settled down. They're great people. I think they're they're definitely misunderstood. You know, I I see I've seen them get criticized and attacked before and stuff. And we know Toad. You know, he's he's a shit poster and stuff. And well, some might might view him as very like radical. And and I think he is. He is a bit radical. I think it's not so much that he's radical. I think he's just firm and in, in his principles. And uh-huh. a lot of people they interpret that now as as radical. You can't be firm in your principles. God forbid. But he's also joking half the time. And uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> both of us started. He definitely mastered his branding a lot quicker yeah. than me because we both started around the same time. You know, we both hopped on here just because we were bored during the stupid pandemic. We wanted yeah. to talk about shit. Not so everyone. literally both of us started. We both wound up in the same like community like circle not too long from each other. And... I mean, he definitely blew up a hell of a lot more, which is good for him. He def- he definitely deserves it. But it's funny. Like, <laughs> we both um, kind of just joined a fucking shit post and make jokes and just pass the time. And uh, now I'm on podcasts. Yeah, I have now I have a podcast with yeah. him. Like, how does that work? <laughs> I remember for a while he had his pinned tweet and it was like, like, I literally just started this account as like a joke. And, uh-huh. and now I'm over here being now I'm over here being interviewed on podcasts and shit. What is going on? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you never know, man. We definitely intended to do this. I mean, but we were always outspoken people. I wouldn't say we shit post, but we shit post sometimes. I, I definitely say- shit post more than I'm political. Yeah. <laughs> like my first post for today is already a shit post. It's already a shit post. It is fun though, and I think there's something to it too. I, I don't view it as like a waste of time at all. I think. I think you can't 
you can't lose your sense of humor, man, especially in times like this right now. Mm -hmm. I think it's more important than ever to be able to laugh at things, you know, healthy. It's healthy, but it's also one of the like freest things I can think of to hold on to is like to be free to make fun of things and to be free to to be made fun of. And I view it as like like we're equal in that. You know, I've talked I've talked about it before, I think on the show. If not, then maybe on maybe it was on Paul's show. But like Dave Chappelle, you know, I remember a couple of years ago when you put out, I think it was Sticks and Stones. It was one of the one of the specials he did and he was telling trans jokes and people got so offended and it was all in the media and people were trying to cancel him over it. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, shouldn't you, shouldn't people be happy? Like now trans people are being made fun of like everyone else. Like there are jokes being made about you. You made it, man. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. You're part Welcome of society. Welcome to the party. You are now being recognized. You are officially equal. You're equal. You're, you're being made fun of like, just everyone like everyone else. else. Mm-hmm. so it's just like comedy is so important man and i think in in a free open society it's necessary you need it you need comedians they need to be able to talk need. and and to to say whatever they want even if it's like offensive it's just to me it's more dangerous to limit speech than it is to like allow a comedian to go up there and say something offensive offensive speech is like foundational in the west you know it is we we hear like america was founded on offensive speech like all men are created equal (sighs) and you know when we have redressed our you know king multiple times and besieged him and been ignored you know men have the right to institute new government for the betterment (gasps) of the people dangerous rhetoric Brent. you can't say that. i mean that's the declaration of independence it's declaration of independence is extremist content thomas now. jefferson that's a racist article it's extremist con- like if you it read it written, they even have everybody wrote and signed <laughs> it uh, he, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. What a sentence. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. Like if you really read it ah, though, and beautiful language, if you get down to the nitty gritty of it, according to the definition of how the current government would define it, that is extremist content. That that would be considered something radical, something like it's that. It's just we're so used to it. Yeah. It's just how things are. So then when you look at how it was written, you're like, wow. Yeah. Well, I guess that's that was... when you know your government has gone totally fascist. Yes. When when you start quoting the founding documents yes. of the country. And that's considered extremist. And they accuse you of doing yeah. something wrong. Yeah. You're like, motherfucker, I'm reading the Declaration of well, they, they, they want us to forget, I think, that this idea is ingrained in the very foundation of the country that you actually can overthrow your government. We are free if they people. They are illegitimate and they aren't serving the purposes anymore for which it is established according to said document. So, but you read the declaration, you're like, that's extremist content, especially for the time. Like, that was crazy for the time. Oh, how dare you? Like, wait, you're going to have it. You're going to tell the king? You're going to tell the king what? What? Yeah. How? Who are you? Yeah. Farmer. 
<laughs> you're just some farmer in the colonies and you're gonna tell the king how it is please well that was the first farmers with guns kicking out the government right well, I'm, I think I'm that's glad. the meta that's the meta of warfare farmers with guns farmers with guns i'm glad <laughs> you i'm glad you brought up the guns aspect too because you know i was having this discussion recently online with someone i can't remember who but this this came up again, this idea of guns, you know, that we can't let the government take them, especially when you when you look at what's going on in Australia and in places like that. Oh, it's like no resistance. Well, at Australia all. wishes they had a Second Amendment. right yes, now. And it's like, yes, there's resistance. And I feel for those people and all. But it's like, man, why did you let the government disarm you, dude? Like, just don't, man, don't. Like, I know it's dangerous. I know crazy people can have a gun and shoot up a place. But I think it is far scarier and more dangerous to only let the government have the guns. Mm-hmm. I'd rather I mean, you saw the videos where people were just running oh. while, the gu- while the police just lined up with the... Yeah. I'm sure they had their rubber bullets or whatever, sure. but they were just shooting people in the back. Yeah, yeah they were shooting okay. unarmed unarmed civilians but who were armed with yeah. signs and chants. Well, I'm, bring, I'm bringing this up because we were talking about the foundation of the country, right? Declaration of Independence, mm-hmm. right? King, go screw yourself, all of this. There was so much buildup to it, you know? And yes, there's the taxes issue, no representation, tea right <laughs> the boston massacre all these things there was a lot of build-up to it but what it came what it comes down to and it's really worth emphasizing and i feel like it's not emphasized enough it's not really oh you're gonna about. emphasize it daniel i'm gonna emphasize it but it's not you're gonna emphasize it. do it daddy the fact that the, the first battle that kicked off the war wasn't fought over tea it wasn't oh, what was fought it? What over was it taxes over, it wasn't fought over what was the first battle the about Daniel? it was fought because the british were going to go take a cache of weapons it was fought over guns oh and damn. but that's important dude seriously and i'm emphasizing it because i really i feel that passionately <laughs> I'm about in front it. of you because this is the third time i've heard you say this but, it, but I, it's like again i want to keep emphasizing it because it, I, it's, it's okay not, you haven't said it on camera yet so it's you, yeah. not talked about in this context enough of just how important that is like culturally so important and why you're not ever going to get gun from normal people here in this country like sure maybe you'll legislate some of them away in some places like new york and new jersey and things like that but when it comes down to it like the government that's a fight if they ever try to take the guns from people it is so culturally ingrained Mm -hmm. what it means to be an american that when paul revere said the british are coming sorry the regulars are coming that's what he said. Oh, so sad. We have to remember what they meant was the regulars are coming to take to our take fucking the guns. Because <laughs> that's, the that's why they were coming. They weren't coming to get the tax money. They weren't, they weren't coming, coming to take tax money. They weren't coming to just massacre everybody they there. They were coming to, to take, disarm the population. Yeah, coming to take a cache of weapons. And as soon as the Patriots heard that, they were like, oh, hell no. Like, this is it. This is the time. We can't let them take the guns. If they do, then there's no more fight. There's no resistance. It's over already. They can do whatever they, they do want. Whatever and I think Australia is perfect yeah. proof of that. They can Good do proof of that. And anything. Look, they don't know who even shot first in Lexington and Concord. They don't totally know who fired the first shot, just that the British showed up. They wanted the guns. The Americans showed up and they were like, you're not taking them. Someone fired on someone, and well, there you go. A whole fucking war in a country was born. Well, very interesting. Well, with how muskets were at that time, I'm pretty sure it might have been friendly fire. 
could have been like like i said they don't know like historians have debated it they don't actually totally know who fired the first shot do you, do you have strong feelings on 2a mr kaiser how do you feel about i have so being imperial many would think that i'm like take them away i'm like no give everybody every opportunity to own whatever they want do you think they should, imperial, though? what about mandatorily handing them out that's mandatorily <laughs> handing them out that's called and that's what i'll be using when i need to not move the get rest one. of the mainland to take over the rest of america <laughs> I already have the roadmap. You know, California has Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley make robot. It's just going to be the battle of Naboo. <laughs> Not with the chip shortage. There's a, there's a major chip shortage right now. It's we so in right. trouble. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a big. We'll problem. make more chips. chips. More <laughs> chips. Because they they stuttered the supply lines with the lockdowns, and there was huge demand for computers while everybody was at home and working from home. Everybody bought mm-hmm. a new computer to work from home, and so I'm gonna upsell up. LA on their water to fund the chip production. Yeah, it's I'm gonna be it, like, if you want to keep water, you need to pay an extra million. <laughs> Yes. I sold another painting on Open Scene. Okay, Sorry. Congratulations. Oh shit! Nice. Let me just do my victory. Got a got a victory dance. Um. Yeah. No, I'm pretty. Um. <laughs> I'm extremely pro two A. Like I've always been a uh, big fan of um being able to own. Do you, do you own? Carry. You own firearms yourself? Uh, right now. So I've always been poor. That's my biggest <laughs> issue. Yeah. All I've got is a. Uh, pretty fitting with my name is an ancient 1913 car 98 oh cute is that a revolver no it's a carbine a carbine was uh, i'm gun noob still, it's, still. It's like, i can't really bring it on screen because i'll remove you from youtube well uh, we're not live so uh, yeah, I, think I think you are i think it's okay yeah. if you're not live i think it's yeah. only on streaming as long as you're a gun channel so just rebrand yeah. to demolition ranch or something well, I, don't, I don't even know if it's that from what we remember reading no, in the from rules. what, I, from what yeah. I read the rules about it it was you couldn't stream it yeah live on like a on a stream this you is can't a live show. guns but you yeah. can you can record them. <laughs> yeah, I okay. mean, yeah, well, I don't think they, you don't want people to be doing violence. I mean, as long as like you're showing us a legal. Make sure that you don't stick it down your mouth during stream and blow your brains out because that's what will end the. <laughs> that that's will probably why they. You're gonna be banned from your stream because you killed yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, so it's a rifle. Okay. Bolt action. Oh, nice. No sight. How are you gonna shoot that thing? That's right here. Iron sights. Uh huh. It's old, man. Yeah. From 1913. So. Is it? Does that's that's like a World War One style gun, isn't it? World War One style. It was the same thing that they've carried them over all the way through World War Two. Does it? Show, does it fire? Uh, I have no ammo for it, but yeah, oh, I've okay. actually cleaned it up. I'm focusing on cleaning up the barrel right now. That's a collector's item, man. Uh huh. I'm probably just yeah. gonna mount it right now. I'm saving up. Once I get my next job, I'm saving up for just like a 1911 or something. Yes, 1911, uh, you know, every gun nut will tell you that having a 1911 with some 45 ammo and uh, hollow point bullets, that is, that's a stopper. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've shot 1911s, they're fun. Um, Like little cannons in your hands. I would also love to even though it's the biggest pain in the ass to get a hold of is a Garand. A what? 
M1 Garand, you know, the old rifle ping. M1 Garand. I have to look it up. Hold the on. US's main semi auto. I love revolvers. I think they're so awesome. I should get a revolver. revolver they're really, man. And they're, they're, so, they're such easy guns to, to use. They're not very difficult to pick up and just figure out on your own. Mm -hmm. um, which some would say that makes them more dangerous. I think a lot of them don't have safeties on them either. So but they don't hold as many out? rounds as the drawback. Oh, yeah. That's the one. Where? M1 Jarrand. Garand. Garand, Daniel. Nice. I love the wooden stock on it. Yeah, the wooden stock's body. cute. I have, uh, let me see, what mine is an AK 47. What brand? Um, Century on. An, an American brand, right? With the cherry. It has a nice little cherry. It looks kind of like that. That's what mine looks yeah, like. Yeah, I think that is. Oh, okay. Except the red is a little, the, 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 yeah, the wood's a little cherrier. It's a little red. is red on yours. Red. I yeah. like it. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty gun. Yeah, I haven't taken it to the range yet, but I'm excited to. I was also thinking about taking like a little rifles class. Just to like get myself acquainted with her, because uh, I've never shot. You know, it's probably the biggest thing that I'm going to be shooting consistently. It's got mm. seven six two rounds. You in definitely it. have more control when you're using a rifle. Yeah, well, it's you know, it's bigger, it's heavier, it's uh, longer barrel. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to give it. And a you have something to brace against your shoulder. Exactly, but uh, you can also get you can get sights for the AK too. Uh, but I have to look into that. And again, it's you know, sites aren't cheap. They're like, you know, anywhere with a couple hundred to a thousand dollars. Right now, I was busy uh, convincing my boyfriend that for Christmas, we're going to be getting each other uh, helmets with night vision optics. Ooh. <laughs> that way we can open it up in front of the family. Like he'll open it up and my mom could be like, what the fuck? Why did you buy this for him? And then I open up <laughs> mine and she's like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> get ready for like real life daisy out here oh hell yeah but um for him he's got plenty of stuff well he's law enforcement so he has to carry uh word well that's good then he knows so he's experience not... he's got training mm -hmm. i'm trained i'm i have my my emt well i had my emt license it expired now but i got my emt training in new york when i was there because i thought i was going to go into being an emt for a while until I realized they made absolutely dick money, which uh, yeah, the pay the pay that they get in New York City is absurd. It went up over COVID, so absurd. but it was like you know the the starting pay. I guess it was in the summer of 2017. I got my certification in August, and uh, when I was looking for employment shortly thereafter, it was like starting eleven, twelve dollars an hour for like twelve hour shifts. It's, it was not. Wow. Yeah, and then meanwhile, the the companies are making a huge margin off of your labor, like gigantic margin. So I ended up not going into it, and I ended up you know tutoring and nannying instead, which was great. Um, but anyway, this. what are you doing? I'm trying to see who bought my painting. <laughs> oh yes, Daniel sells I'm another like, one of his little NFTs. This, who this is great? This, that bought my work. So have you have you been into this NFT thing at all? Have you been following it? Do you know what it is? I just heard like the very brief uh, summary you guys gave me that one day. Okay. I hadn't actually looked further into it. He's got a I haven't been I haven't been streamlining my work process on uh, producing artwork. So you should watch our last episode. Yeah. So sure. our last episode we had the creator of the Bits Bones project Bits on. Bones. And he, we kind of talked all about NFTs. Yeah. We explained and a bit, got well, into quite it. a bit actually. I think we we did a pretty good job 
at explaining at least the fundamentals of what it I'm is. I'm wearing a little gutter cat merch right yeah, now. Yeah, it's repping the gutter. Right. We, we are both in the gutter. Yeah, here. Um, it's like the gutter cat gang. They are like the most infamous cats. Maybe the cool cats are like potentially competitor in the cat NFT market. I mean, they just but they're also like they're they're the cool cats. Their like, floor just hit ten. They're so. you know they got who's behind them? It's Vitalik Buren. It's Isn't the cool cats. No. Yeah, he's behind it. Cool cats. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's behind cool cats. He's I, involved in the project. Oh, I thought he was. And it's the also gutter cat gang. no. He's in both. I don't know. Um, I have to double check. Oh, but then there's also the, oh Vitalik, like Ethereum Vitalik. The I kids, was confusing it. Sorry, like two of the four actors or three of the five actors from that '70s show are involved in it. It's like the the girl that was in the Jupiter movie. Yeah, well, my, Mike Tyson has a cool cat. So NFTs are definitely going more into the mainstream already. But it's interesting. It's basically like an economy developing around crypto is an interesting way to look at it. Because it's okay. kind of what it is. It's like a decentralized economy what, what, going what? on here. But yeah, watch our last episode for sure. We went into a little more in depth about what it is exactly. All right. But man, we have all I'm gonna say is we have we have twenty thousand dollar profile pictures. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> wow. I remember like <laughs> I think we chatted with you about this online though, and you mm-hmm. were teach me your ways. That's where you kind of let you drop the you drop the bomb on me. You're yeah. like, yeah, but that wasn't even that was not a joke. Like, it isn't it's <laughs> incomprehensible to the uninitiated. You have to Dude, watch the last yeah. If you don't get it and you're outside of it, it makes zero sense. They're like, why can't I just right click and save that, dude? Like, how do I not? own it it's like you we're can actually, we're coming up trying to sell it do you want to do you want to wrap it up is there anything else you want to cover lewis that we haven't covered i feel like we can... uh just when you see me on the ballots be sure to vote yes kaiser oh, lewis kaiser the supreme lewis. imperial leader for number su- one supreme uh, what would be your first what would be your first act as supreme imperial ruler of california um uh well for one i'd stop giving water to la ah Okay. So all of the aqueducts get shut second. down. So first of all, that solves the drought issue. That solves the drought issue. <laughs> Second of all, that probably is going to solve the fire issue because we're not dry. <laughs> uh, and then the third That's thing why. is I'm putting the homeless to work. So homeless issue's gone. Homeless issue's gone. Yeah, the homelessness problem mm. there is fucking nuts, man. I haven't been to Cali, but... I've seen enough footage of the metropolitan areas and mm-hmm. the, tent, the tent cities and that sort of thing. And what what do you have for? And yeah, New York it's getting what? it's getting pretty what? bad as what? well, noticeably, <laughs> noticeably bad. Mm-hmm. Graffiti and just mental illness. A lot of mental illness. Yeah, it's just that's kind of one of the major reasons that we left. It was, it was not. It was not safe. The neighborhood had gone to hell in a handbasket. There were people pooping and peeing. They and screaming up, like on the corner outside of our apartment. That sounds about right. That's how being it a is very safe like neighborhood to being yeah. like a nightmare. Shame on De Blasio. Shame on Cuomo. Shame on these these criminals, man. What they did was was criminal. And they'll say, oh, it was the virus and we had to do it. And it's like, no, dude, the, these policies they enacted, they weren't necessary. In fact, the states that locked down hardest still had the highest ratio of deaths. So, I mean, that's... even um, over here for the virus, they let prisoners out. Like they did that here. Yep. Yeah. They did that in New York. So it's like, yeah. I don't know how that helps the virus. Yeah. 
doesn't like i don't know what solution that is other than it seems like it was meant to just cause more chaos <laughs> it's like what's the point of that yeah it's, it's like that it sounds like it was Batman movie chaos. like they let them all out they let it, all the it is like out of the it is like that scene in the third batman movie they're just prone to uh starting more or spreading more so you know i think it's just the, the divide and conquer strategy typically you know the poor the poor against the rich and black against white and gay really it's straight. psychopathic oligarchs it, and the rest of yes us. it's it's psychopaths it's people who don't have a functioning conscience or i should say who don't have a conscience at all in positions of power who are going to use any group they can to get whatever they want like they don't, they don't have any attachment to these groups they don't care they'll infiltrate any no, all they, they care about is staying where they are yeah power you know and if they have to play us all against each other to do that that's not a, a conspiracy theory to me that's just like freaking obvious observation it's normal standard operating procedure it's the way it's always been modus operandi who are we going to turn on each other this time machiavelli was writing about this shit in the 15th century yeah it's not you know (laughs) it's one of the oldest nothing new but the propaganda is just it's more widespread now because of tech and it's more sophisticated but a lot of it is just crap too like they're not even trying anymore to hide that it's propaganda oh my god like, we'll end Should the, we end on we'll it? end with the stephen oh, colbert yeah. skit because that was i don't know did you see this the stephen colbert i don't think skit. i did oh my god he had these like people in in vaccine shot costumes dancing around hold on, on stage hold with on. Him. let I'm, me like i'm cringing just thinking about it again are you switching screens uh yeah hold on will we be allowed to play a clip of this uh i think so yeah it's well, content you know whatever it's critical whatever. we can we'll chat over it or something just, just put it in your uh put it in your description you know for use no because the music the music is not copyrighted right okay. that's why they use that song then try it all right hold on yeah uh where's the button but yeah we we saw this the other day i think yesterday i saw this but so Sarah comes to worse you just edit it out when you um Right, you know, I edited it out later, whatever. Um, oh god, this was on the Colbert Report the other night. Uh, yeah, I don't, wow, yeah. And you know, what I realized after this was that this is a regular feature of the new Colbert Report. They, really? they do these, they will do little musical interludes. Yeah, I found it on uh, YouTube too. He has a whole thing where he continues to do these little like musical advertisements for the jab. Um, can you, you know, see me sighing over here? It's, uh, I don't know if you saw the one that I retweeted the other day, but Family Guy did something similar recently. Oh, did they? Oh, did they? It's just, it's yeah. Sad obvious propaganda it's like not even well hidden it's just like in your face they're not even trying to hide it anymore it's just this shit is a cult this is culty like i look at this and i just think cult like it reminds me of those like mega church events or something family guy aoc crying aoc's always crying oh yeah i love your little creatures by the way oh yeah so that was actually well let's end on that because i i wanted to ask about that and i forgot earlier but so you family guy thing you do animation uh i'm still working out the animation part there it is you passed it there it is oh you you just saw it it was the hospital one oh yeah that's 
This is recent Family Guy? Oh my gosh. Now we can't play this because yeah. it'll, it'll, they'll, they'll, it'll, they'll kill me. But yeah, uh, talk a bit about that. So you're an artist and you're into animation. When did that come about? Um, so back in high school, actually, for one of my electives was um, animation, 3D and 2D. Okay. Um, so it was kind of my first like introduction to like actual 3D software and everything. And it was one of the, one of the ones that, you know, I would never break the bank to buy, especially when there's things like Blender right now that do just as well. <laughs> but um, basically like that was my first introduction to like design. So I've always been like a doodler. I've always loved to draw um, like design stuff. So when I got introduced to that, like further on like uh, I'd move into like for college I was just I'd bring my laptop around during breaks I would uh pull up my 3d software kind of like design and create something interesting so kind of just I want to dabble in it I'm curious to doubt like I do digital painting now although my main medium is oil I work in oil paint primarily but I'm definitely interested in in modeling and trying to explore this medium as well so you just kind of jumped in and taught yourself this stuff? Uh, yeah, I based, um, aside from the class, which the class was really self-taught anyway. It was mostly um, online classes and everything. Okay. So most of it, like if I wanted to learn, you know, anatomy for sculpting, I would pick up, you know, like a go on YouTube, grab a video on anatomy. That, that's definitely one of the more, creatures more on here, awesome perks of the modern digital i've been setup. meaning to post more of them so i'll probably just like do like a maybe like a weekly what i've developed everyone should follow yeah. mr lewis he's at l-e-w-z-h-i-z-z yes please do follow because you'll hear everything you need to know uh when to get in the bomb shelters when i begin my first attack yep prepare yourselves guys the invasion is coming all right. I'll also be coding in my sleeper agent messages. So once you see those, um, do not be concerned if you start moving to the nearest gun cabinet to fight for me. <laughs> it's totally normal and planned reaction. Oh my God. Dude, thanks for coming on and chatting with us. Um, we'll definitely do this again. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to being on another time if you don't want me over. Is that your phone ringing, Brett? That's not. That's or is that your mine? ring, Daniel? All right. On that ring. note, we're gonna wrap it up, guys. Bye. Don't forget to like, subscribe, subscribe do all the like, things. comment, share this video. The establishment hates us, so definitely share this video. Thanks for watching, guys. Take care, man. Later. Take care.